Hey everybody, welcome to the Rare NBA show. It's group chat. My name is Chris Ryan and we're going to be getting into the show in just a second. We recorded this on Wednesday night after the Sixers funeral game. The Sixers went down to the Celtics 4-1 in the Garden. Is it still called the Garden? Eh, we'll call it the Garden. Uh, <laughs> I was joined by Kevin O'Connor, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Justin Verrier for the show. It was fun. Uh, so check this out. Check the Ringer NBA show out all week. We have great shows for you. Heat check, Kevin Verno, draft class, sources say, group chat. Uh, there's some other great shows on the Ringer Podcast Network that you should check out. Dave Chang Show. How about that? The chef behind Major Domo, Emo Mafuku, is doing a podcast with the Ringer Podcast Network. Learn about what it's like to open a restaurant in Los Angeles, the stresses, the joys, the pains. It's a fascinating podcast. Dave Chang Show. You should subscribe to that. Also, you're probably watching Westworld if you're listening to this because I believe that you have a diverse palette of cultural interests besides basketball. And if you need to understand Westworld better, why don't you listen to Westworld The Recapables with David Shoemaker? He's got a rotating panel of guests that join him every Sunday night after Westworld goes up to discuss what happened in that episode and what might be happening in future episodes. Theories, everything about it. It's a fantastic pod. Check out Shoemaker and the gang on Westworld The Recapables. And without further ado, let's get into group chat. Basketball is very good. OKC would make the finals in the East. Ben Simmons doesn't need a jumper. Terry Rozier is more clutch than Kyrie. Basketball is very good. Hello and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It's group chat. I am Chris Ryan. This is Haley O'Shaughnessy. That's Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> and this is Justin Barrier, who I was noticing earlier in the day was dressed in all black. And it was only in the fourth quarter when he told me it's for the funeral game. The Sixers just got eliminated by the Celtics, and I think, you know, we thought maybe Celtics-Cavs were gonna be the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think we thought it would be a Celtics team led by no. Aaron Baines and Terry Rozier III, aka Tito Three Sticks, aka Scary, Scary Terry. Terry. Any other nicknames we don't know about? Uh, Drew Bledsoe's Muse? Yes, Drew Bledsoe's <laughs> Muse Cage. Kevin. Um, I'm going to be gracious here okay. and ask you for the Celtics perspective before we get into the Sixers. What can the Celtics take away from this? They were actually led by the two Jays, by Jalen and Jason tonight, and just incredible performances from Horford, who basically owned Ben Simmons. Tell me, tell me what you saw from the Celtics team in this season, this series. I mean, even without Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, they still have an elite defense, and they have the best coach in basketball that really enhances the rest of the roster. I mean, the fact is, is that Philadelphia was favored in each game this series for good reason. A lot of talent, but they came out with a really spectacular game plan in order to contain Ben Simmons and make it hard on Joel Embiid using either Al Horford or Joel Embiid. I think they just have a lot of guys who can defend multiple positions. They asked so many questions of the Sixers. Like, I don't think that, you, know, you watch the Sixers against the Heat, you watch them in that 16-game winning streak, and then all of a sudden they run up against Horford and Stevens, and now we're all like, well, what do you do with Ben Simmons if like he can't really get past Al Horford at the free throw line? Like, do you have to have TJ McConnell in and who holds the ball when McConnell and Simmons are on the same time? Like, what questions do you think that the Sixers are facing now? I mean, at this point, you go back to the questions they had maybe going into the season, yeah. where you know that you have those two guys, but what do they have around them? Robert Covington was supposed to be their fourth or fifth guy to that starting lineup. I don't know what... They if, paid him to be that guy. What is he making, $51 million yeah. now based off of that? And I don't know if he's the guy, type of guy you want to keep around the team long term, if this was just a blip on the radar or whatever. 
uh, Markel Fultz, you know, yeah. some of the guys they brought in late in the season, they, they went cold, and all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's just Embiid and Simmons, and now what are you going to do to build around them? It's obviously going to be the defining question of this offseason. Well, I think I, if Markel was who everyone thought he was going to be when he was drafted, then we would see actually like an offense like we saw tonight if him and Simmons shared the floor. Yeah. Let, let's be real. This team is far ahead of where anybody could have expected it to be at this point. I mean, despite the fact Ben Simmons had an awful series, he was tired, you know, that's why his defense regressed. We already know he shoots with the wrong hand and can't score outside and is, it avoids contact inside. We already knew those things he'd improve at, but like this team overall is still far ahead. They still have max cap space. They still have assets. They're still in an unbelievable spot. Does that I make think. you feel any better? Yeah. Look, like before the 16-game winning streak, this was basically a marginally better than 500 team. And they were learning to were be just exciting to good. Watch. And they yeah. were really exciting to watch because they yeah. were essentially a fast break team with the most exciting big man and the most interesting playmaker in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then they beat the crap out of a bunch of tankers and learned to be really good over the course <laughs> of that win streak. But I never expected them to be in the Eastern Conference Finals this right. season. Right. With I, or without Kyrie. You were like telling people to stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even to jinx them. Yeah. What's that? That's just what you do. Yeah. No, right. but I was saying to <laughs> Haley earlier, like if they had lost one or two games in that 16 game streak, would we have the same expectation for them now? Right. Right. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like this was a necessary rite of passage for a team that's on the come up. I mean, a lot of these guys are playing their first full season, as Kevin mentioned. Ben Simmons, even Joel Embiid is playing, what, his season, first season and a half? Yes. There's still a lot of room to grow here, and there's a lot of versatility in terms of like what they could do to add to it. You get the best of times and the worst of times yeah, with these guys. Yeah, I think even the simplest things we saw in that game where you're, you know that a couple of playoffs or even one playoffs will fix like Joel Embiid's Dumb fouls, just out of frustration, yeah, and being tech, tired. The tech against Baines was. Yeah, he'll become I mean, honestly, more look at the scoreboard. Right. You want he'll that be tech more back? Efficient. You know, like. Yeah, so I think that a lot of things are just going to be worked out even next season. I think the only fear really is, you know, durability. Right. That's pretty much still the same question as it was before with Joel Embiid. It's durability. It's a little bit tactically unnerving to to for the, for them to be at this point in the season and just not be able to convincingly run any pick and roll. Right, so like, mm-hmm. if they can't get any offense that doesn't involve shooters who are pretty streaky, coming off multiple screens or pounding the ball down low yeah. to Embiid, if you've got somebody like Horford and Kevin, I don't know if you have the stats still pulled up, but we were looking at this earlier. At one point during the game, I was just like, it just seems like Horford is out there haunting. Like every time Simmons mm-hmm. is out there, Hor- Horford is like the roadblock, and we looked at the, what's the stats? So entering tonight's game, we don't have the updated stats, but entering tonight, Al Horford was on the floor for 135 of Ben Simmons' 148 minutes. So over 90% of the time, Horford was on the floor at the same time. As you said, Horford was out there just haunting Ben right. Simmons. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that was part of the game plan for the Celtics, where they probably said, Horford needs to be on the floor anytime Simmons is out there. Right. And that's kind of the worrisome thing about Simmons. Not that he needs to get his shot, which clearly he does. It's that he didn't take a single three. And now we're at the point where it's becoming almost like a psychosomatic sort of thing, where it's, why wouldn't you even take one just to make the defense even think about that as a a possible option? Isn't it it fascinating that within a span of really two weeks, we're going from Ben Simmons is the most exciting young player in basketball, next Magic Johnson, maybe the next LeBron, and then it's like, play TJ McConnell over him. Why is TJ McConnell not running the offense? He's a new Ben. It's so weird. This is basketball, though, man. You learn so much in the series because you just see guys take away what you're good at 
and exploit what you're bad at. And especially a great coach like Stevens, like I have <laughs> all the faith in the world that Simmons is going to be a transformational player. But were you going to jump in there about something? I just was wondering why Brett didn't force Simmons to take at least one three. Just one. That's all I asked yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is it's it's a, the difficult thing is if you're going to play Simmons off the ball, <laughs> he's going to be a liability. He's he's basically dead weight. So unless he's cutting to the basket, it's it's really really tough. Paolo, did you have I mean, something? Else? To, to that point, he was the only starter who had a uh, negative plus minus for the Sixers tonight. He was he was a minus thirteen. And I think just kind of reiterating what you guys were also talking about is just it the expectations things is interesting to me because it's almost like you could you could frame this series uh, loss as and ex- like they got exposed like especially Simmons mm-hmm. but you could also just like frame it as like this is just what they need to be refined for future seasons you know it's like it's like I don't know how negative you can possibly be about them because I get it it's tantalizing you're there you were literally like seconds away from winning this game but at the same time. Do you did you after the series did you tr- do you trust them to go up against LeBron? Uh, no, I think that's the and that's the, one of the things that I think should keep these guys awake over the summer is the self-inflicted wounds, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Is like there is a bunch of there's like missed dunks. There's allowing Aaron Baines to get offensive rebounds when really nobody is there. There's uh, techs. There's careless turnovers because Simmons is looking for the Hollywood pass instead of just like a five foot mm-hmm. pass to his right or left that might just set up another uh, pass for an assist. It's just basic stuff that I think will come, but they were playing a little bit over their heads. I guess I feel weird talking so much about Philly because I I do think we should give Boston a lot of credit here while we're giving Ben all these excuses about it's his first year and fatigue and all this stuff. Like Jason Tatum just led his team through two series to go to the Eastern Conference Finals to Mm -hmm. face LeBron. Yeah, I think it opens up an interesting discussion about what talent really is. Mm-hmm. I think we have this like older idea that it's the offensive stars, it's your stretchy wings. That's why Paul George has a shoe and like a guy like Anthony Davis doesn't. Yeah. Because he fits that like archetypical mold of like a, a sexy wing scorer. Yeah. But clearly the Celtics have talent, just maybe not necessarily in the way that we're used to. They have the right defensive pieces, and yeah, they have Brown. And this and I, Tatum. I, 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 I feel something coming. Is this the most talked about player that nobody talks about? <laughs> Are we going to do a little well, prayer which, for Al Horford? Al Horford. <laughs> I was going to say, which one? Because we say that about all four of their starters. Yeah. No, Horford was incredible. Horford was mind-blowing yeah. tonight. Like, I mean, Horford is just... I hate I hate that it's like... That he's just... I, without Horford, like, the Sixers win that series. But Horford essentially easily. shut down... Like so many different parts of the Sixers. Mm-hmm. If we were able to quantify defense as as well as we do offense, I wonder what it would say about Horford. To, to Justin's point, I think that's the way the Celtics constructed their roster, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about two of the guys missing: Gordon Hayward and Daniel Tice. Both of those guys also. You can't artificially guys. inflate Daniel Tice's value. <laughs> on this well, well, I mean, they they, they brought him in no, as I a know, guy they expected to be a versatile, you know, switchy center. So it's like, oh, up and down that roster. Basically, everybody can switch on defense, and it's like you can't quantify that. But if there were a way, a way to quantify that properly, I would assume that they would probably be at the highest level in the NBA in terms of defensive versatility, and that's that's the way you need to play in today's league. Haley, do you think that this Celtics team has a prayer against LeBron? As, as, no, like the way LeBron is playing. No, absolutely not. That's, that's it. That's literally it. Yeah. Do you think there will be a series? I hope. <sighs> yes, because of Brad Stevens. But it's even though they have an answer for every other part of that team, like you wrote about LeBron, he is 
the answer to everything else. Like, He's how you counter yeah. everything. We're going to talk about Justin's <laughs> masterpiece. Masterpiece. That's on the ringer. It's a, basically about the, the sort of shadow LeBron is casting over a bunch of different Eastern mm -hmm. Conference teams, specifically the Raptors, and their plans for the summer. But, pal, you have something yeah. about this Cavs-Celtics series that's coming There's up. There's a couple interesting questions um, from Twitter right now. Uh, one is from Daniel Lee, who says, with Stevens and more guys to throw at LeBron, how many games can Celtics extend Cavs? Six games, seven games. That's one of the questions. If you guys want to, you guys have kind of talked about, you know, if, whether you think they, they can win or not. And then there's another one, which is uh, from Vivish, Vivish Rag? I don't know. I can't say it. But what's the most interesting matchup for either the Celtics or, or well, Celtics versus the Cavs in the next round? So it, between the lineups. Oh, in, in terms of lineups? Yeah, exactly. I would give Boston one, one game. You think it's going to be Cavs in five? You think it's going to be that quick? Yeah. What's the what's the matchup you're most curious to see? Hmm. Whoever Horford defends. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it Horford on Love or is it do they put Horford on LeBron more? Yeah. Where are they going to yeah. put Kevin right. Love? Right. Love had so much success in that last round, and um, we saw Zach Lowe's article today about the way he's able to play off of. Uh, Kyle Korver, and I wonder if that's going to be an advantage there. For me personally, yeah. I want to see if a lot of these wings that had so much success against Ben Simmons can do the same, at least to a certain extent, against LeBron. Yeah, it's going to be say, really ugly if they well, don't and we on also, both sides. Jalen Brown's hamstring never became too big of an issue mm -hmm. here, and he wound up scoring, what, 25, 27 tonight? He was yeah. quietly really the dagger all through this mm -hmm. team. Yeah. Yeah. And every time the Sixers either were pulling away or getting back in it, it felt like he was there with a, a dunk or a three. His health and his ability to stay in front of LeBron will be like probably one of the deciding factors if you know if they decide to play him against him. I don't know. It's going to be really fascinating. I think that the Celtics are actually quite lucky to have home court advantage right now. They get a couple of days. They don't have to travel. Jalen can rest his leg a little bit. They can think about ways in which they want to scheme for the Cavs. But at the end of the day, like watching what just LeBron just did to the one seed. Yeah. It's like you don't really like I didn't. Bill said this the other day when we were talking. We were talking about him, and Bill was like, "I didn't think LeBron still had it in him to ruin people. Like he mm. can beat them, mm -hmm. but it just looked like he was trying to essentially get dudes fired out there. <laughs> right. yeah. And and that is a killer instinct that I, ha I don't think we've seen in a while. I think you know with Toronto, it was also just a really bad matchup. They had no no way to effectively defend it's that. It's too bad they didn't count on that happening. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, they didn't have a way to defend Kevin Love. Whereas Boston, I mean, look, pulled up the matchup data. They had. Al Horford on Kevin Love for the majority of the possessions, uh -huh. right? So Al Horford, obviously, as we saw this series, is an unbelievable defender, super versatile. And then they have Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, even Shemi Ojale, Marcus Smart, different guys to throw at LeBron James. And you're not stopping LeBron. Mm. Maybe, maybe for Boston, it's more about containing LeBron. It's like get your 40 and, and then like yeah, stop, stop everybody else. Stop Kevin Love, stop Kyle Korver. And they do have guys that contain those guys. I think that sure. this series actually might have a lot of really ugly games, mm. or at least a couple, because if you think about it, think about the games where like Korver can't hit, Jared Smith can't hit, Kevin Love's off. And then you have all these guys on Boston where it's like, Love him dearly, but sometimes Terry can't hit. Yeah. Oh my God, it's gonna be Marcus a Morris series. tonight. It's going to yeah. be a streaky series. Yeah, you're right. Because the Cavs Smart. guys are so streaky too, like JR and exactly. everything. Yeah. I mean, you've seen when George Hill plays, how much it makes a difference. And I think it's just having somewhat of a reliable like secondary shooter next to Kyle Korver on the court there. And I do think, I'm starting to convince myself just a little bit based on what Kevin's saying, that like, why not the Celtics? Because it, their biggest <sighs> asset is the, the really? defense. But, I don't think they'll win, but I could see it going longer than you think simply because of what we saw in this series. How many, if you had to guess? Six? Yeah, I think six is possible. It could happen. You know who needs to have a big series, though? Again, 
Aaron Baines. Mm. Yeah. Because Tristan Thompson has killed the mm-hmm. Celtics in the pa- their past two playoff really? series and during the regular season. Thompson is just a vacuum on the boards, and suddenly he's had his he's, renaissance. Does Ty start Tristan, or does he keep bringing him off the bench? Or uh, like, because at the uh, end uh, of the last yeah. series, he, he started bringing Tristan. He started uh, uh, Tristan. Well, he yeah. Well, Kevin Love stayed in the starting yeah, five. Yeah, that's right. And Thompson okay. came off the bench more, but maybe if you're Boston, it's about shifting Beans out of the starting lineup, bring him off the bench to match up with Thompson. Just a weird little sub, you know, matchup to watch for in the series. And also, like, th- yes, the Celtics' offense has been an issue throughout the season, especially once those guys, their all stars, went down. But the Cavs' defense is not good. It wasn't. It was one of the worst, if not the worst, in the regular season, and they've been bad throughout the postseason. So I do wonder if like those things kind of balance each other out there. I'm gonna find it. Like, I'm not in any way cheering for Boston, but it's gonna be kind of like psychologically defeating if. If LeBron just wipes them out, right, and it's just like it kind of just like right. calls into question what we're doing here, Shit. you know, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. shut right. down the ringer. Colin, do you have any uh, social questions before well, we get to this larger Eastern the, Conference conversation? I have a social appearance by somebody at the podium. Uh, the first person up to the podium tonight was uh, none other than Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> wow. All right, let's talk about Drew Bledsoe. For Too just much. A Less. So, and Kevin, chime in whenever. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. Arrives at the arena with Terry Rozier tonight. Yes. As it's like Mr. T walking in Hulk Hogan or something, mm-hmm. WrestleMania. <laughs> then is I completely get that reference. wearing a Terry t shirt before the game, right? But oh, th- I thought he walked in with the jersey, did he not? Well, no, I think he un- undressed yeah. to reveal it, like Superman style. Mm. Did he rip the shirt? No, I think he was just like took a sweatshirt off and he was wearing a Terry Rogier jersey and then he went like I don't like know that. if you watch a lot of superhero movies, but Superman rips. I do. So. I, I, I've been meaning to check I'm some superhero movies. Have you seen Avengers lately? <laughs> <laughs> but this was like a hot topic of debate within this office because I think me and a couple other people were like, this is super corny. And Kev was like, what a classic Boston sports moment. <laughs> it's funny. It's goofy. It's like, it's like for you, like AJ Feely suddenly for whatever reason had a thing going with TJ McConnell. It'd David Akers. How is this happening? Drew Bledsoe is at the podium. He's taking questions. <laughs> Why is he Here's doing this? Here's my problem. This is my only problem with this is that that jersey is really small. You know, he's he, had likes, he likes a fitted look. Guess, yeah. guess what he called uh, Terry Rozier. He called him Terry Rose. Right. Really? So he does. He can't. He doesn't even know Terry Rozier's yeah. name. Well, no. I think I choose to believe that he is doing a play on Derrick Rose <laughs> in his prime. Very really? Sympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we will be back with more Ringer NBA show after a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show group chat is brought to you by Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams is your hub for teamwork in Office 365. With so much to look after, wouldn't it be great if there was just one place to look? Teams is that single workspace where you can work, share, and connect with the people in your work life. Teams brings together your chats, your meetings, your files, and apps all in one place, and you can take teamwork where you work with apps for mobile and desktop. So whether you're sprinting towards a deadline or sharing your next big idea, Teams can help you and your team achieve even more We at The Ringer love using Teams when we're planning one of our big weekly projects like the superhero rankings or the NBA draft guide. Helps us keep everybody on the same page, communicate with the different parts of the company, the website, the podcast, the videos. Teams is right there every step of the way to help us organize so we couldn't do it without Teams. Microsoft Teams in Office 365. Visit office.com slash Teams to learn more. Let's talk 
a little bit bro more broadly about the Eastern Conference while we're here. Okay. Um, Justin wrote this really cool piece that's on the site right now. That's very much, it was, it was a very good piece. <laughs> Thank you. And it's about um, how LeBron basically isn't done torturing the Raptors just yet. Even though he has <laughs> done away with them, even though Dwayne Casey's job is teetering on the, in the balance. Dwayne Casey voted coach, coach of, of the year, year Dwayne by Casey his fellow coaches. Also might be Franchise in, record wins. I'd be very curious to see if Dwayne Casey gets a job. Are there Another any other job? job? What? Another job? Like a job like right away. If he gets oh. fired by like the Raptors. I feel like it's going to be a situation where he has to go back to assistant coaching, but it will be possible for him to get a job again. He was a defensive eventually. coordinator on a title team. so Yeah. So. Well, in any case, he might lose his job. And now you've got the Raptors, and we can talk more about like their, their roster construction, but they've got the sort of quote-unquote big three of DeRozan, Lowry. Uh, Don't put a, a Baca in there. I'm not going to put him in there as like a talent-wise, but mm -hmm. I think in terms of like Salary, Pay, right? He's yeah, like their big three. Sure. Yeah. And do they blow it up? Do they tweak it? Do they <laughs> see if Nick Nurse has yet another tactical wrinkle that he can add into this roster? He, he's the or, one. Who's the one who tried installing the offense? Right. Yeah. And and he's been talked about yeah. as like the replacement coach. Or is LeBron's presence in the Eastern Conference so powerful that you basically punt until he's gone? And, I don't think you punt. I think that you grow for that. For example, like what the Sixers are doing mm -hmm. right now, and it's They're not like preparing they for his... It's not like they planned this. Right. Exactly. They just had to rebuild because they had to. But I think that if what I would be doing is like trying to get younger pieces in the hopes that he also, why don't you just wait if you're the Raptors to see what he does this offseason? Right. He could very easily go to the West and you just oh, for sure. blow it up for nothing. I just, I just think it's funny. One year ago, we raised the blow it up question and like now, like it's like, you're nuts. The Raptors yeah, but they are so were good. top five, top five team. Yeah, That's still, supposed yeah. to they be a still predictor. Were. Yeah. They still were this yeah. year. And so to me, it's like, yeah, you blow it up if you get something that's worth it for DeRozan or Lowry. But if there's nothing that's worth it, then really these next two years, you're going to maximize them while also keeping an eye on that 2020 year when DeRozan and Lowry and Ibaka and all those guys are up. You're going to keep an eye on the future too while also thinking, okay, you know what? These next two years, let's try to make it as best we can. Who do you Whether think that would be a good coaching substitute to get them there? I think Nick Nurse would be interesting. He's highly regarded across the league. And I think, and, just to interrupt here, but I think, my take is that even if LeBron goes to the West, they just don't have the team built to win in the playoffs. I just think that wouldn't the psychological boost be incredible though? Yeah. Like that would be like but, being on basketball ecstasy if LeBron left your conference. <laughs> right. If you, I mean, all of the indicators suggest from the regular season that this is a really good team hiding underneath whatever goes on against LeBron. Yeah. And you do wonder if he's not there, if that's all they really need. Maybe they just need Nurse to play more of a role in the coaching huddles or whatever he would do differently with Casey out of there. I mean, but I don't know. At the same time, we're looking at two teams tonight who are going to be appreciably better next yep. season. The Celtics are going to get both of their guys back, and they're going to have almost too much talent, whereas the Sixers have the potential to add another guy. Maybe they steal Maybe LeBron from LeBron. the Cavs. Let's talk about uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Toronto, like, no matter what, they're probably not going to be the favorite. Like, there's no move that puts them over Boston or And now over, there's over so much skepticism about them. They're like, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me five times. I mean, like, no they, one's going to be, they'll be like, go ahead and win 65 games. You, no one's going to be. They seriously feel like the Clippers yes. to me. Yes. And yeah. you brought, you mentioned Lob City and all yeah. these other teams that have been 
Hardaway Heat, like teams yeah. that have been impressive over the years that were like, oh, is this is this it? Is this the moment? You can hire like a, a fusion of like Vince Lombardi and Greg Popovich as coach, and it doesn't change the <laughs> fact. Like DeMar DeRozan still can't shoot threes, still yeah. doesn't defend, still doesn't rebound. What would the, like, the Vince Lombardi, Greg Popovich between quarters sideline interview be like? Because <laughs> on one hand, yeah. you'd be like, oh, you're going to give me some real knowledge tools that are going to write down on a bar napkin, but on the other hand, it would just be like one word. Just, worry, like about, the, just worry about the next quarter. Yeah, exactly. The tweet that would be like inspiration like inspire me in like five words right that's what it would be so lebron now becomes this like this which we, he always is but just like it was in 2010 just like it was four years ago he becomes the everybody waits to see what happens because clearly he's still operating at the height of his powers right yeah. what are some of the teams realistically and i know this is silly but like we have to talk about this because clearly it's the most important decision that's going to happen mm -hmm. this summer what are some of the teams that have a realistic shot, not outside of like, I heard from a guy who saw a guy from Clutch, like looking <laughs> at with. Brentwood <laughs> condos, but like could sign him, could use him, LeBron might be interested. I, th I think it's really educational to look at his past decisions. And you look at the Heat, they didn't have a lot of young assets, but they did have the cap space, an incredible historic amount in order to sign three guys right. at, at his level. And then you look at what he did with the Cavs, he essentially set up the same thing where he had a younger support system to carry him back to the finals. And so I think if you're looking at teams, you're looking for you're looking at the ones that have the assets or the superstar already in place next to him. And the Lakers, maybe they don't have that guy, but Brandon Ingram has some talent and they also have enough young guys in order to, to maybe roll them into someone else. And obviously the cap, yeah, the cap space potentially to get a Paul George just right off the free agent market. And Paul then George, you had secret surgery, by the way. Just not even that secret. IG surgery. It was just a scope, <laughs> which isn't too concerning. I but. guess not. But like it was definitely a like so Paul George had surgery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, should we talk about the Sixers? Let's do it. Well the Sixers, like you said, he wants to go somewhere with cap space. They have twenty five million right. this offseason. Right. Without uh Rashawn Holmes and TJ McConnell, whose option they will definitely pick up after this series. Maxim. TJ, no, I'm only kidding. TJ, <laughs> can we bring back like a, an early 2000s, late 90s contract for TJ? Like nine years. <laughs> nine years, no trade clause. It's the Bobby Bonilla treatment. Yeah, for life. Bobby, give TJ the Bobby Bonilla deal. Jordan Brown's going to give him the money that Kawhi wants. Yeah, I want to be paying like uh, TJ McConnell's contract deep into the Ivanka administration. <laughs> like, like Detroit's still playing. I'm uh, still paying Josh Smith. Yeah, yeah, right. For so, two more years. For two more years. For two so seasons after Chris. this. In two seasons yeah. now. Yeah, because the season's Currently, over. the Ringers, the, the, not Ringer Civil War, we just saw that. That was Celtic <laughs> Sixers. The Sixers fan base Civil War mm -hmm. is to LeBron or not to LeBron. Well, you guys talked about this earlier in the year. Yeah. And I think that we saw both in the, in the, in the Heat series, I was like, get that guy out of here. I, we don't need LeBron. <laughs> and here I'm like, we could really use LeBron. We, we, we win that series. What does Ben Simmons do. I don't know. If you have LeBron we just on the we floor. just we just spent Best the first question. fifteen minutes of this pod finding trying to figure out what he does with TJ McConnell on the floor. Mm -hmm. So what happens <laughs> when he has LeBron on the floor? Yeah, LeBron is amazing at literally everything except for like three point shooting. He's like average to above average. And so if you're going to add anyone else to to what they have now, that like it doesn't seem to make sense on paper. Unless it's in the last second of a very crucial playoff game, <laughs> sure. and he only has one arm, then he's really good at three point shooting. All right, let me put 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 it this way, LeBron James pretty much automatic finals contender, right? Sure. But could 
derail the well, natural progression of Ben Simmons for the next five years. But next season, is yes. he in automatic finals? Or are you saying Eastern Conference finals? Because Boston's going to have back Kyrie and Gordon. Well, that's a great one. This is a conversation we'll have all summer. Yeah, but <laughs> right. like just for the hypothetical. Okay. It's LeBron with the possibility that you take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hand. Right, and what's, what does he do when you take the ball out of his hands? Don't know. Can, can I play devil's advocate here? What if it helps Ben Simmons? What if taking the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands teaches him how to play off ball, how to like be used as a screener, how to cut? Maybe he maybe he's forced to learn how to shoot. And then when LeBron's gone in two, three, four years, Ben Simmons is the face of the NBA. Well, he is the who, best player Do you player think in the he league. wants to wait? I don't know. Maybe, just, I mean, like, we maybe, just saw, like, we jo- just... Joel might not want him either. And Joel might not want him mm-hmm. either. So that's door, mm-hmm. door number one is LeBron and the Sixers, but with all the ramifications that come with that. Door number two is replacing Covington's minutes with Paul George's. I don't think Paul George is going. Let's so. just put, like, Paul, let's just... Like, leaving... I mean, I don't think he's going to Philadelphia. I just, oh, I Philadelphia you meant- is yeah. lovely in the spring. Did I, I ever mention I that? trade for Kawhi? Let's scrap them. Fine. Cool. So let's let's see your Kawhi trade. Uh, yeah, do we do we have a graphic for that? I, I don't think so, but like well, we, we the, can visualize. The, yeah, the trade was something along the lines of like Robert Covington, yeah. Markel Fultz, the Lakers pick they have this year, maybe Dario if they demand it, two draft and stashes, maybe a future pick, and then Jared Bayless's filler contract. So you're giving up a lot, but w- by doing that deal, theoretically. You could retain max cap space, get Kawhi Leonard, and still re-sign JJ Redick and I bring back Kevin O'Connor. I'm just saying. So it's like, even if you don't get a guy this summer, LeBron, next summer you could still retain that max cap space. Go after Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, and so on and so forth. And that's the thing with the Sixers. Like, why do they have to cash everything in right now? It's the same thing we were saying about them in this postseason. Maybe we're thinking so far ahead, but if they're just patient, they can wait and just assemble a super team that can knock out all of these teams. Uh, Pallet, did you have some 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 yeah, for some us? Yeah, some questions. So, um, I think it's interesting to transition into the question to think about. So, David Griffin was on Bill's pod today. Yes, and he said oh, he was? that he cool. doesn't think <laughs> yeah. that he thinks that for LeBron, <laughs> it's not so much about. Where is the who has the best roster? Who has the best team that I could go to? Uh-huh. It's like I'm. It's kind of what you were saying. Like I'm an automatic like almost finals berth. Like I I, I bring so much <laughs> to the table that it's just about where I want the final part of my legacy to be. Yes. And so to tying into the question, which is uh, by Drake uh, on Twitter at Drake by, P- by Drake. <laughs> that is the guy's, <laughs> the guy's name. by Drake. Yeah, Drake is uh, like, hey, asking Drake. about LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the question could be by Drake's burner account because it's would LeBron ever leave the East? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Absolutely. And there's so, an entire like all of this like Eastern Conference fantasy stuff. Like, if you had to choose between living in Cleveland or Philadelphia, wouldn't you choose Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I, I think he should leave the East. Yeah. I think that he should take the tougher challenge. Well, go west because like, look, everybody's like, oh, it's an easier path in the East. It's like, yeah, an easier path that will get just wiped out in the finals. Mm-hmm. But if you go west and you're able to build a team that can actually beat Houston or Golden State, or maybe you're on Houston, go there. Yeah. <laughs> and then guess what? You get an easier Eastern Conference Finals matchup, potentially. And at the same time, if we're looking at two, three years down the road when maybe his like age-induced decline actually hits him, uh, maybe the Sixers maybe. and the, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe the Sixers and the Celtics are way more imposing than the Warriors, who would probably yeah. now be dealing with the cap issues. Yeah, the point. Rockets, like who knows what Chris Paul would would be at that point. All right, great well, point. let's talk about the Western Conference then, since we're kind of we're circling that anyway. We get the matchup that we've been looking for all season long. Mm-hmm. All the hypotheticals about did the Rockets build a team to finally beat the Hamptons five? Uh, we're gonna find out now. 
There's like, I, can you? I don't know if you if you saw this, but on Twitter, there's like some debate about how like there is a school of thought that this is not even a series that the Warriors are just gonna like completely wipe these guys out. Have you seen that? I haven't. Yes. Yeah, it's like some Vegas stuff or like some Atlanta. Like it's basically like the Warriors are gonna run them out of the gym. I can't remember where I saw it. A lot, lot of Golden State and five picks on Twitter. It seems. How do you feel about that? I think it's silly. I mean, it's underrating Houston. I think. It's gonna be a really, really good series either way. I think it goes seven. And but look, like Golden State five, <laughs> oh I just God. don't see it. Houston's offense is potent, as everybody knows. Slim thugs in the control room. But their but, the, <laughs> yeah, but, but their defense, they have a lot of guys. That uh, we talked about Boston earlier, how versatile they are. Mm-hmm. Houston is the same way with the guys that they have on their roster, led by PJ Tucker, Trevor Ariza, and so on. They have a lot of good good defenders on that team. I was telling Danny Chow. After was he sobbing, looking at a stuffed dinosaur while you were telling him this? <laughs> we were watching the Rockets game. Okay. So yeah, he was basically still sobbing. <laughs> but I was telling him that I am not as excited for the series as I was maybe entering the season, uh-huh. assuming that it would be the Western Conference Finals because Harden's kind of bummed me out. He's been great sometimes, but he's also been like really scary and kind of how he was last season mm-hmm. when he looked like he had a concussion or was on Xanax or something like so it's okay <laughs> so it's a safe space <laughs> between us and yeah, all our friends just between us um but I was kind of bummed about it and I'm I wasn't really sure that it would be as great as I thought it would be in this like amazing like three-pointer for three-pointer but he did point out to me that the loss differentials so when both teams lost the average was um, bigger for the Warriors so Mm -hmm. they lost by more each game so he's hopeful but I'm still nervous because when Houston isn't making shots then it kind of gets really ugly and it's just two guys doing isolation and so I'm kind of excited to watch the other guy though of those two guys. I, oh, for sure! I, 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 like I've never seen Chris Paul in a conference finals. Yeah. Uh, this is what he went to Houston exactly to do, and I'm he he still has flashes and is still like God said has the potential to be that kind of transformational guard that you're just like I can't believe how lucky I am to be watching him. Plus, he's hyped up, and he has got to be as. Yeah. dialed in as he's ever been. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, I want this yeah. to be the clash of styles and, yes. and just top-level teams that we thought it was going to be, simply because we've seen the Warriors engage in spurts, some of the, the Hampton Five lineups, some of the deaf lineups that they've been able to throw out there, but it's only been when necessary. Even in Game 3 in New Orleans, they threw out JaVel starting for some reason, almost as if to challenge like, themselves, to challenge themselves yeah. or, or just like to try things in order for like maybe the next season or the next series. And so I really want this to be everything we expect because a Warriors team that's pushed gives us the best basketball we can watch. Mm-hmm. Houston has to come out and win that first game. I feel like their whole season was based around getting that one seed. Mike D'Antoni was like, forget rest. Like, you rest yeah. when you're dead. Let's go, let's go, let's get the one seed. <laughs> we want to play game seven at home. Yeah. They have to keep that home court advantage. Did you have mm-hmm. a Western Conference thing for us? I do. Well, first of all, I want to say that personally, I don't think I would be that surprised if the Warriors swept because I... Okay, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Where's your bell? Hear me out, here we go. Yeah. go. Alright, so, I think that the Warriors season starts Monday. Like, they, they have not been playing for anything this entire time. They haven't, like, experienced quote-unquote adversity at any point. Like, they've literally been building up to responding to the Rockets challenge them. So this is when they're actually going to be, like, fully engaged and fully going. And I think that 
nobody can beat that team. And so, like, right. if you're going to tell me that they're going to win four games against the Rockets by just running them off the floor, I wouldn't be that surprised. See, but, like, fucking around is kind of, like, in their DNA. It's, like, what... what it is now. Yeah, but, That's like, what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to be that way. Yeah, but I think, like... That's what makes them good, and it, when it goes wrong, that's how they end up losing games. And so I, I think it like is priced into every game that they have. But we're like, like, what games? Like, what games did they lose? Right? Like, well, they lost I, one to the Spurs. Yeah, which doesn't look great and in retrospect. It, it, it was just, it was just the same issue, though. It was like they came out and they were like very passive, and it, yeah, I don't want to say they didn't take it seriously. It's a playoff game, but it just looked like. The other team had so much more energy. Even yeah. at the even last night, late in the game, the Pelicans had Draymond so much energy. Draymond is really keyed up now, which is usually Draymond a pretty is good literally the one getting everyone going yeah. when no one else will go. Which yeah. we were sort of waiting for. I don't know. I I don't think that it's going to be a sweep, and I definitely, really, really, really think we deserve a great series, like we are a great, get one. great what? We are going to get one. Yeah, I hope so. We got a team that's built to take down Golden State. Like right. we, they sure they lost one of the Spurs, sure they lost one of the New Orleans. Well, now they're going against a team that was built to defend that team. Like what? Houston was constructed to beat Golden State. Okay, so we're talking about roster construction then like we talked about this for Cleveland and Boston. What's the matchup you're most excited to see? I think it's really the amount of guys that they throw at Kevin Durant more than anything else and I'm also curious how are they going to use Clint Capella? I mean, mm -hmm. is Golden State going to put, like, JaVale McGee in there to match up against him? Or are they going to go with their Hamptons 5 and it's going to be Draymond? Do you put Draymond, uh, Clint Capello on Draymond and have him roam around and help on other guys? Or do you maybe put him on KD a little bit to get a little creative? I think what they do with Capella and then their wings slash forward defenders is going to be really interesting. I mean, I mean, the Chris Paul matchup, presumably right. he's going to be guarding Steph, most likely. And, and I do wonder, an engaged... Chris Paul, like on the verge of breaking into the finals for the for first time, I, I do wonder like what type of guy we're going to see there. And, and also for Golden State, you got to seek out James Harden because he was really bad in that Utah series defensively. Like you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. Haley, how he seems fatigued. Mm -hmm. I, I think so too, and I, I think that could end up being the story of the series if Houston if it doesn't go well for Houston. Like Harden tired, people are going to call it choking, but it might be more like just conditioning. It's just not there. The nicest thing they'll say about it is choking. What do you what do you think is the most interesting <laughs> matchup? I'm saying with Chris Paul yeah. because of because of that, but also because of what we mentioned earlier. He is. Probably going to be the most intense we've ever seen him. I hope so. And a chippy Chris Paul versus hopefully and like very on Steph Curry will be very fun. I'm going Mike versus Steve. I'm curious mm -hmm. to see. You talked about throwing JaVale out there. Like Steve yeah, Kerr Steve will Kerr's stocks mess around with you. went down a little bit. You think playoffs. so? Yeah. Steve Kerr's stock? Because everyone was so shocked that he did that. And honestly, then in the end... He put out the Hamptons 5 lineup, yeah. and everyone was like, well, yeah, now he's decided that he wants to end it now. Why wouldn't they just decide it last can game? I and, just get, and, can we get a lower third just saying O'Shaughnessy sells her stock? <laughs> sure. I was, I was just saying, I'll, buy selling? I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy it. Because I was going to say the exact opposite. I was going to say that D'Antoni played his guys down the stretch to keep the one seed mm -hmm. and get make sure Harden was like far and away the MVP. <laughs> and now they're in the playoffs. And, and a lot of people say about D'Antoni is he's like, you beat me playing my thing. I don't yeah, adjust but everything to you. you just mentioned about the regular season is something Kerr did. What? It took them to a... Uh, Pushed these guys. Right, to took them to a um, record season. And then who won the MVP that year? Last season? Yeah. Russell Westbrook? Oh, this he did not win it. Yeah, no. Are you talking about two years ago with Steph? When yes. they got the 73? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I just think that D'Antoni has gotten 
punked more than Kerr has in playoff series, I think. I sure. Just, I just think Kerr has gone full pop at this point. And so, like, he's willing to try things, and he's a little more loose than we yeah, he's we like, see. you guys drop the plays. And, well, and he has class outside. He has more in his arsenal. Right, but even when the game is clearly a loss, he's willing to punt like sure. earlier than most teams, which is sure. why I wonder if you're looking at those margin of victories. Maybe it's just because Kerr messes around just like sure. his team does. I'm point. really interested. Okay, so let's go quick predictions. We're gonna say Cavs Boston. I'm gonna say Cavs and six. Cavs and six. I think I already said five. I'm standing by that. I'll go Cavs and seven. LeBron ridding the garden of his ghosts. Paolo, what do you think? I'm going to say Cavs and six. Do you have a question for us, by the way? Yeah. So uh, off of the Warriors Golden State question, uh, Brown Sugar at Dean Jones MFs asks, are the Western Conference Finals effectively the finals this year? Yes. Or do the Cavs or the Celtics have a chance against Golden State? I, I would have said that three years ago, yeah. and, and yeah. they weren't. You <laughs> the know what I mean? We, yeah. we wait our entire like year for the finals matchup. I don't want to just automatically assume that it's not going to matter. I think we're all going to... Are we all picking the Warriors? Do we get two finals? Like, is it really two finals? Like, we get Houston, then Golden State, and then it's like... That's, the best, that's a very Trina? nice way to look at it. If because the other way to look at it is we just like, spent eight months to do Cavs-Warriors. Yeah, four. right. Uh, what, do you, what do you think for the Western Conference? Houston. Houston? Ooh, wow, uh, really? I'm just sticking with my pre-playoff predictions, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I flipped back and forth a lot, but I'm going Warriors at this point. Okay. You definitely dubs, right? Yeah, yeah. Warriors. Paolo, dubs sweep? Dubs in four. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go dubs <laughs> in six. Yeah, same. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap it up there for Justin, Kevin, Haley, Paolo, Keith, Chris, the squad in the back. Thank you very much for joining NBA Group Chat. We'll be back next week. Leaving TJ. Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.